Hey guys, what's up? It's Greg. Another episode of Flick City. A couple things we're going to get to for this episode. Hopefully, you guys will find it value added. There is one big movie recommendation I have for you regarding a DVD release that just came out this week. It's a Western called Murder at Yellowstone City. You could also get it on demand on Amazon or whatever digital app platforms you use. It's a very, I'm going to talk about this, this Western, which stars Thomas Jane, Gabriel Byrne, Richard Dreyfuss, Nat Wolf, and a camp. And that's just maybe, what, three or four actors. What's really good about this movie is it has a great ensemble cast. And within those, there's about, maybe it goes, maybe, as far as characteriza- characterizations, about eight or nine deep as far as character building. And we're going to talk about that towards the end of this installment, my re- my DVD review of Murder at Yellowstone City. I just received it late last week, and it came out this week on DVD and Blu-ray. Okay, that's one of the things we're going to talk about. I also have an interview with Nikki Whelan. She is the lead for this new shark film called Maneater. She's actually very good in the movie, along with her co-star Trace Atkins. Movie also stars Shane West and a bunch of other people. We're going to get to that as well. And so, yeah, I have about a nine or ten minute interview with Nikki Whelan. I recommend Maneater if you're a fan of shark films. Okay, so it's, I really enjoy the characterizations and the buildup before the ultimate inevitable shark attacks. Okay, and the shark attacks in this movie are pretty memorable and they're brutal. So if you, if you want actually a visceral, viscerally charged shark film, Maneater should be a movie for you. It's written and directed by Justin Lee. My mom likes Justin Lee because he directed a Western called Badland several years ago. And I think that's a movie I need to watch pretty soon because actually my mother is actually a better recommender than me when it comes to movies. She is a big, big cinephile. And when she says, so, oh, Western is really good, a movie like Badland, who knows? I, I, I think it might have a lot of meat to that bone regarding the review. Her review of Badland might be a really good movie. I believe it stars Mira Sorvino is one of the many actors in that Western. So I'm going to report back to you guys if Badland's any good. But Justin Lee's latest movie, Maneater, is good. And the interview I have with Nikki Whelan is coming up. Now, here's the thing. When I say it, when I say it's a nine-minute interview with Whelan, I have another three or four minutes with her talking about the end of Maneater and what she had to go through during the final act. That stuff, I'm not going to put on the findyourfilms.com website or whatnot. All of that stuff, the audio, video stuff, will be housed on our Cinematics Patreon. So if you enjoy or kind of like Maneater, if you're a shark fan, cinephile, and you want to hear about what actually happens regarding the ending of Maneater and having Nikki Whelan talk about the ending and sort of the dynamics of the narrative, that, that stuff is actually housed on our Cinematics Patreon feed. I will be putting up, it's out on in theaters, digital on demand on Friday, August 26th. I should have it up by then, by Friday. So people who are members of our Patreon feed, of our, of our uh, Patreon community, will get access to the spoilerific discussion with Nikki Whelan. Again, it's about three to four minutes. I ask her a couple of questions. And the second question where she talks about all the stuff she had to go through during the end is actually very, very interesting. And yeah, a little bit harrowing too. So just FYI regarding Maneater. Okay, so there's Maneater, there's Murder at Yellowstone City. And then finally, I was going to say the star of the show, but I have Anderson Cowan talking about his thoughts on the latest John Boyega film, Breaking. The movie Breaking is based on a very, yeah, it's a very interesting movie. 
And I, 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 I'm a little bit speechless thinking about this movie because I think John Boyega will definitely get a Oscar nomination for his role. It's based on a true story. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Anderson and I talk about that a little bit, but mainly it's Anderson riffing and thinking about what he thinks of Breaking. This is actually his his first review of the movie. He's going to do a deeper dive on, on the movie next week with Bald Brian over at the film vault. Okay, so sorry, sorry for the stumbling and starting because I'm just sitting on the in this closet and it's kind of weird that I've never really done this before, maybe once or twice before, but this is hopefully I'll, I'll get used to it down the road. But yeah, I would love to hear what you guys think of Breaking once it comes out on Friday, only in theaters. Again, if you're a fan of John Boyega, this is the movie to watch. Also, if you know anything about, let's say, the director Sidney Lumet, and Lumet is some of his movies he's done is uh, include Dog Day Afternoon. Prince of the City, what else? Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. He's a filmmaker who really captured life on the streets, specifically in the New York streets. But he's had a really interesting career as well. Anyways, the the whole energy of Breaking kind of reminds me of a Sidney Lumet film. It has flourishes of it. It's a very subtly told narrative, again, based on a true story, about a former Marine who holds up a, a Wells Fargo bank because, you know, Anderson said it's a spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler. Basically, he's he believes he's being done wrong by VA affairs. He he is owed a certain amount of money and due to some kind of paper transaction or maybe inaccuracy, he's not getting his money and he needs his money now. And what happens is he, he uh, holds up a bank and he holds hostage two tellers in this Wells Fargo bank and he claims he has a bomb. And if he doesn't, if his demands are not met, he will detonate that bomb. That is the premise of Breaking. Again, just a a movie I highly recommend. Now, does Anderson follow my track on this? Does he highly recommend Breaking? uh, Take a listen. That that will be our second segment of this episode. So again, first, we're going to start off with Nikki Whelan for Maneater. Tell us, tell me what you think of this shark movie. Am I wrong? Am I right? This, for me, this movie out of five stars, I'm going to give it the three and a half stars. This is a solid recommend, especially if you like shark shark films. If you like Nikki Whelan and her body of work, you're like, it's an upscale. It's a really uh, prominent role for her in this movie. Also, if you're a fan of Trace Atkins, he has a really good role as well. Just it's, he really com- commandeers his role and he's very good. I don't want to give too much away. Again, the movie also stars Shane West and I'm a huge fan of Jeff Fahey. If the movie says co-starring Jeff Fahey, I'm just going to watch it. I've, I just love his work. I've loved interviewing him over the years as well. Okay. So Nikki Wheeland, number one, number two, it's going to be Anderson talking about breaking. And then finally, I'm going to get to my quick review of murder at Yellowstone city on DVD. Thanks again, guys, for listening to us here on this year's cinematics. And yeah, just, just for the years of support. We'd love to hear what you guys think of some of these movies. Give me and Anderson, Anderson some movie recommendations. Again, you can reach me at info at findyourfilms.com. Thanks, guys. First off, Nikki, really enjoyed Maneater. And I'll, I'll get to the spoilers for our Patreon listeners, and I'm going to cut that from the interview. I'm going to get to it in a second. But I'm assuming with a shark film, one of the biggest draws is the location and the great ensemble you got to work with. Where did you shoot? Was it like working in paradise or abs- absolutely not because there was a lot of hard work involved? So. <laughs> 
Um, you may have just nailed it. Thank you. Um, always, we shot in Maui uh, in Hawaii, which is always incredible. When you get that in your breakdown, you're like, I'm absolutely going to Hawaii. And then when you get there and you start making a movie, an independent shark movie with a mechanical shark in 18 days on a very small budget, you are then challenged like you've never been challenged before, all of us across the board. The conditions are crazy. The water is rough. You can't see the bottom of the ocean floor. You're exhausted. I thought I was a good swimmer until I got in the water in this movie but we had such a badass group of people who just rallied with the time we were given um very ballsy of us using a mechanical shark a cgi shark was used throughout majority of the film but there are pockets where you will see this um the mechanical shark which was an amazing thing to experience and work on set with our director justin lee was like i gotta do this and we're like okay it's hard work you know lugging in this enormous shark head into the water it's it's no joke, this shooting, but um, we made it happen. So Okay, I, I have a question that my mom, from my mom, because she is, for some reason, she is a huge Justin Lee stand because she's a, she's a big Western expert and she keeps on telling me every single day to watch Badland. She's seen it three or four times. From your perspective as a collaborator, what makes him a unique filmmaker? You're saying that eight, breakneck speed, 18 days, working hard. But what did you see? What makes him such a talented uh, filmmaker in your perspective? Um, well, I love Justin for the fact that, you know, he not only he, his, the energy he kept on set was quite incredible too. In such chaotic times, he was very chill and we're on this beach location and he would sort of wander around quietly and I'm like, Justin, he's like just figuring things out. There's sort of a way he works, which I really appreciate. And it was the mechanical shark that got me. He was adamant on doing that. He'd spoken to someone from the original Jaws movie who had advised him. My, that's my dog, heavy breathing. I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm like, that is not me. Um, as long as it's not me, so I'm good. <laughs> so there was something about um, him wanting to use a mechanical shark and really go that route that kind of set him aside because it's a ballsy choice and it's hard to do that. And um he did and he embraced that and kind of it's more about his vibe and how he sort of lets things sets things up and then just sort of sits back and watches it and comes in and makes him he's very realistic about the way he shoots in unrealistic circumstances you know so I I just valued his energy more than anything and the the ballsiness he took on he's like let's get the mechanical shark like let's know I'm gonna do it he wanted to do things that old school people do and I'm old school, you know, and so I, I kind of really appreciate that about him. You could have really gone a certain genre route, but when you look at your resume, you just tackle so many different ty- types of projects. I'm just wondering for you, was that always a path that you wanted to go? Just really try different genre and journeys as as an actor, because you have a very diversified resume. Oh, thank you. I I don't know. It's, it's when people always go, do you have a five-year plan? Absolutely not. If I was in an A-list sort of situation where I could pick and choose everything, maybe I could have done that. But to be honest with you, I love comedy and I, always, I started out doing comedy and it is really fun and I'd love to go back to it, but that's not as much being made like it used to be. And, you know, I get given the most random scenarios and scripts and situations and I'm like, if you think I can do this, I think I can do this. So let's give it a crack. Like I have, I get stuff. I'm like, sure, let's, I mean, let's go. Let's see what I'm made of. It's all part of my life, my personal life. And where I don't know what's going on half the time. Like as an actor, it's very hard to plan out your life. You can at best, you know, put your wish list out there and try and manifest it. And I've done that in certain areas of my life. But when something very random shows up on my lap and I'm like, you think I can do this? I'm like, let's go. I'm like, all right, I, I believe I can too. And then I just go and give it a crack. It's just 
been my random career. I don't know how to explain it. I know I, I look at my thing, I'm like, huh? Oh, I, yeah, and people don't know where to place me. I don't know where to place me. I just keep going, let's go. I mean, this year I did an action movie. I did a crocodile movie. Um, and then I went on to do a comedy. And the next thing I'm doing is a drama. I mean, go figure. <laughs> well, is, is there something to be said? You, you said random, but one could say multifaceted as well. Those two things exist in the same plane. Is there a sense of gratification knowing that you can handle all of these things? Um, I, I There's a massive gratefulness to just the fact that the belief that people have in me when they send me things and offer me things, um, there's a huge gratefulness to that. Um, I still sometimes, you, is, as I get older, I'm like, I have to, you have to keep believing in yourself. You have to keep believing you can still do that. It's when you start going, I'm only down for this. And there's a great power to know and a great power to really zoning in on and honing in on one thing. But me as a human in real life, life is messy. So throw that weird role at me. Let's give it a crack. What, you want me to save the world tomorrow? Sure. Let me see if I can, you want to take on a shot? All right, let's see if I can make that happen. I mean, I don't know. It just, I'm very grateful that people believe I'm still capable <laughs> of doing these things. So in this case, taking on a shot, you know, so. Yeah, Nikki, my final question is a, is a two-parter. First off, right off the top of your head, can you name one of your all-time favorite movies and what is it about this film that resonates with you? That's the first part. And the second part, we're, we're, we were talking about your resume. Can you name one film from your resume that you feel is underrated and should get just a first look from a lot of our viewers and listeners? So, um, Okay, so A Star is Born with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. It's a film that I watch regularly in my house. It's always on. I think it's the best version of A Star is Born. I also... When you watch something as many times as I've watched that, you really see unbelievable, incredible performances. Everything about that movie, there are so many, there are millions of incredible movies, but that one stands out for me. I don't know what it is about Barbara when he walks in the venue and sees her singing. She is brilliant. And I think I would love this generation to go back and watch that movie and watch both of their performances. There's a lot of moments in that that are quite ad-libbed and sort of very random. And, and then there's a lot of, you know, obviously things that were set up too. But if you look at the performance in that, that, that movie utterly inspires me. Um, just flawless. Old school filmmaking to me is really breathtaking. That's really cool, but still very old school. It's a, I think it's a good one for people to go and watch. And also to compare to the new one, which was wonderful as well. But there is something about those actors in that movie. So I would say that would be one of my favourites um, in my top 10 for sure. And a movie that I've done that is probably underrated, I'm going to think, um, oh, my goodness, this is the question you're kind of throwing. Do you, I, do you know my resume? My resume I'm sitting there. I'm trying to think of a movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, after you make your pick, I'm, I have one. I have a backup for you that I wanted to. I was Go with your backup. Go with my backup. That you Tell me yours first and then I'm Last Night in Rosie, straight up. I mean, I, I look at all the reviews, so many great reviews. Oh. It's, a, it's a movie that's totally underseen and under underappreciated and underrated. So that would be my pick. Thank you for seeing that. And I may even jump on board with you with that because that was a, another independent movie that I was asked to do, you know, and working with Neil Brown and these incredible actors. And that was a piece for me that was very different. And I was nervous. That's a real actory piece, you know. And, you know, I was like, all right, you guys want me to do this? Okay. And, you know, one of the producers, Chris, was one of the producers from Hall Pass, a movie I did a long time ago. He rang me up initially with that. Chris Myers, he's an incredible producer, does a lot of comedy, super intelligent, amazing producer, really good human from Boston. I love Boston people. And he's like, you can do this, Nikki. And I was like, can I? 
okay, a lot of long scenes and a lot of, you know, and not having studied a lot of acting, I kind of bounced into this business just like, you know, straight from a soap opera straight in, you know, so not being classically trained, it's those roles that I really value a lot. So thank you for bringing up. That would be one that I would say, if you get a chance, check it out for sure. Yeah. yeah, you were so good in that movie. Great movie. And you know why you, you were having such a hard time picking a film? Because you're so diverse as an actor. That's why you have so many different stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking of one of the crazy ones I've done that never got seen, but I'm like, no, that's that's a that's a beautiful movie. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Nikki. Really love Man Eater as well. And, uh, you know, looking forward to, to uh, seeing you and talking to you the next time. Absolutely love. Thank you. All right, guys, this is just a little bit of a cinematic scene. We're back. Anderson, what have you, last seven days, I, it's been uh, seven days since we've talked. We just got over a Patreon episode, which, by the way, Anderson, uh, you've, you've, you're disappointed me with these, uh, these two movies. I don't even know how to speak oh, right well. now. Are you, are you, are you okay with that regarding the last week? What have you been watching that's really interesting? Obviously not, not, uh, not, uh, some spaghetti stuff, but what, what have you liked recently? So I watched Breaking, which you uh, recommended, you, you you sent to me because of my love for John Boyega. Thank you. John, well, first of all, John Boyega, Oscar nomination, uh, right, Anderson? I, I think he might be in the running for an Oscar nod here. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, I, it's, I went out on a limb and said, uh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris is going to be up for multiple uh, Academy Awards. But I have not heard anyone talk about Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris since. And did I did I steer you the wrong way? I did, right? I I overpraised it. No, I mean, it. I saw what you were putting down with Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. The, the final act uh, kind of withdrew a star or two for me because I didn't buy some of the motivation there with Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. But it's the most beautiful movie I've seen all year. It's fantastic to look at, and the story is good. And if you love dresses or Chris Christian Dior, you're going to love this movie even more than, than than I did, possibly even more than Greg. So, I, but I I thought that it was going to be up for multiple awards: her, her for best actress, uh, best uh, cinematography, best set design, best costumes, obviously. And I don't know. I mean, there's it's it's does it's it have weird. a chance? Do you think it died? Do you think it died on the vine, or do you think? Might have been released too early, and oh. you know, I, I'm not hearing any buzz about that movie. It came and went without any kind of disruption. Okay, now speaking of buzz, breaking obviously Friday, August 26th in theaters. You're saying John Boyega, based on a true story, mini review. Does this movie work? Do you uh, recommend people see this in theaters, or maybe just wait when it hits streaming or digital? Performance wise, it's fantastic. Everyone in it, but it's especially John Boyega is great. It's a side of John, John Boyega. I had not seen Eric Holmes, uh, suggested that he was doing his best Denzel Washington interpretation. I could see that impersonation. I could see that, uh, to an extent, but he was also bringing his own flavor and he was unrecognizable. I, I kept forgetting that it was John Boyega. I, I, that guy is just, he, he's just, he's so good. Good. I love him. Yeah. Uh, so that was great. Also, apparently, uh, it's very, very true to the actual, uh, events that took place. Um, which makes it, you know, elevated from just another, you know, heist gone wrong movie, but it takes place in a bank at a Wells Fargo and he has a bomb and he wants to, uh, get his gripe out to the world, uh, essentially. And he uses these two bank tellers as his hostages. And, uh, he's a lot of negotiation with, uh, Michael K. Williams. He's owed money. He's owed $892. Well, I mean, that's a spoiler, Greg. That's a, is that a spoiler? Yeah, like halfway through the movie is when you find out what he's actually after. And it's kind yeah. of like, oh, geez, man, that's 892 Do I cut spoiler. that? Do I? Oh, I'm going to cut that, okay? I, because yeah, I, that's I'm not going to ruin the movie for you. Dude, I, you know, that's a regional movie's title. Did you know that, Anderson? 892 Did you know, know. that? But that would be a fun discovery. Like, why is this called 892 And then you get there halfway through the movie, you're like, ah. Oh. oh, really? Okay, so, okay. I'll but it's... 
yeah, he, he was sympathetic to an extent, but they they leaned heavy in the the uh, paranoia and the the mental illness, which I don't know if people are going to be able to connect with. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to watch this movie and go, "Yeah, he got what you know he 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 should be you know brought up on charges. Look what he's doing. He's putting you know two moms' lives at at, at risk." Uh, so I don't know if they sold the audience, me included, uh, on his cause enough, but or, or his desperation. I, I don't know if that was really palpable. Uh, however, his performance is great. This is a, a movie which I'm usually skittish with, where I hear like, "Oh, it's great performance." You got to see other performances. A lot of the time, that's like a movie like Apostle, where it's like performance is great. The rest of the movie is like, eh. so uh, yeah, I, I liked it. Another three star movie for oh, it's just straight up solid three star rating for you. Yes. What do, what do you think I gave this oh, movie? So many three star movies right now. What do you think I gave? What do you think I gave Breaking? What do you think I gave it? Four or five? I'm going to say four and a half. I'll go. I'm I'm very I I'm very uh, you know on brand. I, I'm giving this movie four stars. Four stars okay. for Breaking. Definitely, I would say see it in theaters. But you're saying wait wait a little bit on streaming, which is it's still worth a worthy watch. Strong performance. Before we go, Anderson Nicole Behari. She has a pretty prominent role in the movie. She's one of the tellers in the bank, and she has a back and forth with the Marine veteran Brian Brown, easily played by John Boyega. During the interview, I had her for about four or five minutes for another movie, and I asked her what's one of her favorite movies. And she, for the first time in a couple of years, she was one of the only people who actually trumped me. Dinner she, in America. Which one? Dinner, Dinner in America. America. By the way, that's your favorite film of the year, right? That's going to be your number one, Dinner in America? Yeah, there's no way it gets surpassed. There's no way it gets, okay, her number one, uh, one of her all-time favorite movies is a movie called Mirror, directed by Andre Tarkovsky. Uh, mm. Over my head. I've never seen it. Anderson, probably only Bruce Perky has seen it. Have you, do you even know Tarkovsky? Have you seen it? And Solaris? Is that's probably the only one you've seen, right? I have not seen Solaris, so I don't know if I've seen any of his stuff. Yeah. Ah, see? So, uh, we, you thought uh, you and I were smart, but not uh, Mirror for Tarkovsky. I never thought I was smart. Oh, talking maybe, about Greg. Maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm, yeah, that's it. Before we go, yeah, I'm not smart. Anything else you want to tell us before we go, Anderson? Because you got you have a busy day. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Addie's Antiques or Beast. other stuff. If you're going to see Beast, see it in the theater. If you're not going to see it in the theater, don't see it at all. I think the only thing that brings Beast to life and, and, and is worth your your eyeballs and your your time is some of the uh, stuff that the lion does, the CGI and the attacks, as well as uh, great performance by Idris Elba. I miss him so much. I get to see him again uh, next week uh, with uh, the new George Miller film, which the title continues to elude me, 3,000 Years to Graceland or something like that. But uh, uh, yeah, Idris is great. Uh, the Lion. Uh, there's a couple scenes that are really, really good. Other, other than that, it's just a paint by numbers three, uh, three star movie. Uh, but if you see it in a good theater, it's it, it got me a couple times, Gregor. Uh, and Squeal, which I'm still processing. I'm still trying to figure out what Squeal. Oh, yes, Squeal. I, I One of my favorites Squeal. of the year. Yes, is it really? It, it's yes. a meditation on what it's like to be a pig from a human point of view. I think, and it's it, it's commentary on livestock and how we treat uh, our food. And uh, how about how we treat other human beings as slaves, maybe or no? Am I reaching too much? I think it's mainly going for farm animals, but perhaps I mean, there is a little bit of that with the brothers for sure. But I, I don't know if I picked up quite everything. I this is fresh, I just finished it last night, watched it last night. So let me let me ruminate on it for a little while before I, I get talk to you anymore about squeal. I'll be covering squeal with the bald one, which I assigned it to him. Um, Bald Brian and I are going to be covering on the film vault next week. Okay, cool. Did you guys cover breaking as well this week on, on the film vault? I will TV? be next week myself by myself. Okay. Okay. Very, very cool. And uh, yeah, keep on processing squeal. By the way, at least baseline, did it leave an impression on you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those movies. Okay. For sure. I mean, I left it. And, you know, if I saw it 10 years ago, I'd be like, what the hell am I watching? But these movies, you know, it, it, especially like this isn't an A24 movie, but it easily could have been. Like this is 
these movies are you know, you're seeing much many more of these types of movies where it's just like what the hell am i watching you know going back to uh uh yargos lanthimos's uh dog tooth like it's the same kind of tone right uh not as good as dog tooth but the same kind of tone where it's just like what am i what am i what, what are they trying to lay down here what am, what are they trying to get me to feel as an audience member i'm not i'm not sure i'm off balance here all right, Anderson, time for lunch. Thank you so much for your time. And hey, by the way, uh, check out our our Patreon episode where we talk about uh, two of fa- Anderson's favorite movies. That is, that would be what? Django and Seconds? Is that the two of your yeah, favorite movies? Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, two of my new favorite movies. I'm actually <laughs> – let me get back onto uh, to eBay. I'm trying to buy actual uh, authentic posters from them from 1966 to frame and put it in, in my house. Thank you, buddy. I love you. <laughs> Goodbye. I love you too, buddy. Gold, which you all came here to find, brings you nothing but destruction and disaster. I want to get as far away from this place as I can. It is an evil place. You gotta quiet those hands. Come on. Don't let the violence unsettle you. This is my town. And these people, good or bad, are my people. What matters is war and order. There's a fugitive. He, he killed people. I am innocent. That man, he left me his horse. How could he be the killer? How'd he get there with no horse? He's an innocent man. I'm going to put this killer in the ground. I have no men like your sheriff. Do righteous to be right. Let me tell you about justice. Kill a man in this town. Everybody knows there's a price to be paid. And what about the truth? Kill all those men. You got to do something, Pop. You're all murderers. Preacher. A necessary end will come when it, it will come. Load up! Victor! Oh, God! Drop it! So much for your divine grace. All right, guys, Murder at Yellowstone City. I'm going to do a DVD review. I'm not going to get into the weeds of what the movie is about. I'm not going to spend like 20, 30 minutes discussing all the intricate details of this film. What I'm going to say about this is Murder at Yellowstone City is worth watching because I've seen my share of Westerns. And this is one of the first, actually the first Western that, okay, it's directed by Richard Gray. And yeah, it's just an interesting story because... It's murder at Yellowstone City, meaning it's a murder mystery film set within the confines, within the world of a Western. I believe it's set in 1889 Montana, right? Yellowstone City. And the actual shooting of this took 30, was 30 minutes away from from actual Yellowstone City. And they spent three and a half years building a real Western town. And when you watch this movie, you don't feel like you're on some kind of studio backlot. You, you're you actually out there in Montana in the elements, in the beauty of nature, just the Smoky Mountains is the, your viewpoint and just uh, 
Wait, Smokey? No, the Rocky Mountains? I'm horrible with nature. I believe it's the Rocky Mountains. My bad, guys. But it's just some beautiful vistas in this movie, and you actually feel you're, like you're watching a Western, and that's something that was shot in some kind of like, you know, not to knock it, like, like Griffith Park here in Los Angeles, okay? Right by the observatory. You really feel you're out right in the middle of God's blessed earth, right? And also this town... It, it really feels like a Western town because there was a lot of painstaking work, I'm, ass- I'm assuming, over those three and a half years to build this beautiful town. And you actually feel this movie has a very epic feel. They use every, the director uses every single nook and cranny of this town to, uh, I, I guess, to the best of its visual ability. You really feel you're out in this really open space with murder at Yellowstone City. Again, another thing, cool thing about it is there is a murderer amidst this crew, amidst the people who live in this town. So a lot of this film deals with you're trying to figure out who is a person responsible for several deaths within the town, okay? And the murders originate because some, I guess, I, I think he's a land prospector. He finds some gold in the mountains. He brings back a little bit of a sample back into town, and he tells the town basically, hey, our town, it's it's basically bankrupt and, and struggling right now, but I just found a, just a whole bunch of gold and we're going to be rich and everything's going to be fine. We're going to bring back prosperity into Yellowstone City. Everything will be fine. And then later that evening, he is murdered. Okay, he's murdered. And what seemed to be a very promising... Look, I just said I wouldn't talk about the plot of the movie. But okay, just very quickly, he's murdered. And then there's a do, there's a domino effect regarding there's more murders that occur and you're wondering what's going on. It it should have stopped with maybe it might have been a murder for greed, but no, there's other people who are getting knocked off and maybe there might be some kind of motivations behind all of these killings. Again, it stars Gabriel Byrne, Thomas Jane, Isaiah Mustafa, Anna Camp, Nat Wolf, and Richard Dreyfus. Mention these names because they're they're like fifty percent of the more of the interesting characters. The other fifty percent you just have to look on the, I'm not very, I'm not very good at looking at DVD uh, just covers right now because I'm looking at the back of the cover, but uh, my eyes are are straining. But there's some really interesting other actors in this movie, and they are part of the audio commentary in this film. I'm, I'm just, I should have brought my computer with me to the closet. But anyway, Anna Camp is one of the actors involved in the audio commentary, as long as, not as long as, along with the screenwriter. And the director, Richard Gray, as well as who else is in it? Yeah, Anna Camp and a bunch of the several other actresses. I believe, yeah, Amy Garcia is one of them and a couple of other actresses involved. There's, I believe, um, I, I believe her name was Isabella Ruby. She, this was her first film and she's very good at it as well. And there is another actress who played a, she's, um, she was very good, I believe. Tatiana something, but she's also one of the many, many, ble- many talented actors in this movie. So ultimately, this is a film that I'm going to rewatch time and time again. Now, as far as the DVD review, okay, is it worth it? Um, well, look, I, I can say it's worth it. I, I received this review copy from RLJE Films. Thank you to them for that. Now, the special features are the making of Murder at Yellowstone City. That one is, that featurette is about four and a half minutes. And it's really cool because from what they what they uh, pack in within those four minutes, and it's interesting because about 30 to 40 seconds of it is deals with the building of the actual town. Truth to tell, 
I would I would watch a two hour documentary on the, all the painstaking detail they made to actually make every single one of the buildings in this town. It's so interesting. Uh, what I'm sure the behind the stuff, behind the scenes stuff, m- more than merits the four minutes of the making of murder at Yellowstone City. That is not a complaint. I'm glad that feature it's there. Also, again, the aforementioned audio commentary. I'm about an hour into it, and it's basically them talking. At least the first hour, they're they're talking. The director and the writer and Amy Garcia and the other actors. They were talking about how one of the topics is how important it was, how really cool it was that there are just minority repre- representation within this narrative. You know, Amy Garcia plays a Mexican woman who is an entrepreneur. She's pretty much the leader uh, of that, of the salon and salon saloon in the, in the town. And she has a business mind. She, she's very business minded and she has a very good connection with that prospector. She has a love connection with him as well. And she's pretty much a, the rock of that town. One of the, the, one of the main rocks and pillars of that town. So it's very interesting. She has an interesting arc in the film. Thomas Jane plays the town pastor and Gabriel Byrne is the law-abiding sheriff and actually intimidating sheriff. Nat Wolf plays his son. Just so many different layers to murder at Yellowstone City. Also in the featurette, I just realized this, Nat Wolf talked about how when he when he would drive into the town in the morning for production, for shooting, first time he saw it, he almost choked up because he saw the the beauty the beauty of the buildings and the, the work that went into making these buildings and he got choked up and it, and he said it reminded him of movies like 310 to Yuma and also Once Upon a Time in the West, Once Upon a Time in the West being just one of the best Westerns ever. Now, is Murder at Yellowstone City close to Once Upon a Time in the West? No, few movies are. But what Nat Wolf was, I, I believe, was saying is regarding the scope, the actual scope of what Murder at Yellowstone City is was aiming for and possibly, I guess, through his eyes achieved, that, that was pretty cool. I believe I, I, I believe him when he said he got choked up because I, I can't even imagine how beautiful the town must have looked the first time the actors and the cast, or basically the cast and crew, were able to see the entire vision of that city before them. So, yeah, also the third act of this movie is there's a lot of shooting, a lot of action. I really love this movie. Again, I told I told Anderson on our Patreon that westerns and film noirs are my favorite genres. Westerns, I guess, and film noirs. As I get older, maybe it's an older older person's favorite genre because the old west, the old guy here, and I can say unabashedly, yes, I did get receive a free DVD from review copy from RLJE Films, but I loved Murder at Yellowstone City beforehand before getting this dvd and it was great to actually watch pieces of it again upon receiving the dvd i saw the 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 third act once again just it's a movie that i'm gonna highly recommend you can definitely check it out on any digital platforms but i believe it is also if you're a huge western fan the dvd is worth getting as well and um i i might even probably save some money and purchase the blu-ray because i want an upscale visually on this movie i love everything about it oh Lastly, sorry guys, I'm droning on about my love for this movie way too much, but there's also deleted scenes in Murder at Yellowstone City. I can't really speak to the deleted scenes because I don't want to spoil a lot of stuff, but one of the characters, Isaiah Mustafa, okay, he is a, he's a very mysterious figure. 
Okay. Him being African American, obviously, wherever he goes in the West, in Montana, he is going to be initially an outcast. Okay. But for the purposes of murder at Yellowstone City, he is a mysterious figure who rides into town and he's, he's immediately framed for the killing of that prospector. Okay. And yeah, that's absolutely horrible bias. But what one of the deleted scenes has, it, it fleshes out his character a little bit more due to a confrontation he has. And that's all I'm going to say. And I wish that scene was actually placed in Murder at Yellowstone City. It fleshes out his character just a little bit more. And there are a couple of other scenes here involving the pastor, Thomas Jane, and his wife, played by Anna Camp. And by the way, Anna Camp's very good in this movie as well. Forgot to mention her. But there's a very quick scene regarding the relationship as well that colors the uh, their characters a little bit more but that's just a very quick scene also there's a very interesting scene with gabriel byrne and a wolf okay gabriel gabriel byrne staring down a wolf which i thought was really well done and not going to get into too much into the weeds regarding the theme of the movie but maybe the director was thinking if he kept the scene it would have just dotted the i's and crossed the t's a little bit too much but still that showdown between him and the wolf is worth watching. <laughs> it's look does it, does it need to be in the movie? Personally, I I don't think so. But is it worth having a DVD or Blu-ray or just actually seeing the scene? Yes, it's definitely worth it. But yeah, so don't want to get more into that wolf scene with Gabriel Byrne because it really uh, ties in together. Maybe a little bit too much regarding the themes of the movie. But anyways, yeah, so many good things to say about Murder at Yellowstone City. Whether you purchase a DVD or Blu-ray or, you know what, save your money and go rent it. Tell me what you think of Murder at Yellowstone City. Okay, hit me up. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm right. Yeah, tell me what you think of this movie or Maneater or or breaking. All right. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to me and Anderson, Nikki Whelan, and all that stuff. All the, all the people here on this uh, episode of Flick City. Take care, guys. Bye.